What is up? Coming to you live from the Cat House in Montebello, California. It's time. It's time. It's time for Dre's Geek Philosophy, the August 17th edition, episode 187. Or if you're from the hood, you prefer it's episode 187 on the motherfucking cat. What is going on? We are here 20 minutes late. I had to gather my thoughts. I had to gather a lot of data. I had to gather information so I don't sit here unprepared like I have been for the last few weeks. <laughs> uh, it is warm in the cat house today. Uh, currently, my, my lovely wife and my son are at their mother's because it's so hot over here. They're going to come back over here after the podcast is over when hopefully the house is cooled down enough. I'm just going to sweat it out because I am tough. Haha. <laughs> and yeah, just a big... Provides me a quiet sound studio today, but a very lonely. I, I don't I haven't seen my son. I am the sads. But I will see my son in roughly an hour or so. But I'm here, and you guys can see me. And Ryan Tanaka, thank you for joining us. Our, one of our awesome patrons. Thank you, Ryan, for, for being here. Hey, remember everybody, have a, uh, I guess I should promote at the beginning of the video as well as at the end. Remember, you can always check out our YouTube page. There are new videos almost every weekday. I didn't get to put one up today because today work was incredibly busy. But there are new videos. Uh, I was going to try to do like some sort of unboxing or, or, or Nintendo video today, but I just didn't have time. Uh, the, the, the video game warehouse is very, very, very busy. It's a, it's a busy warehouse. We can't get it in time. And I put the camera in the wrong place today, so I'm, I'm going to be looking in the wrong direction all day. It's going to look like I'm staring off into the distance the entire time. Hey, but it is what it is. Yeah, the, so our schedule, obviously, we have our Monday night schedule. Monday nights, I'm here live on Facebook doing the podcast. Wednesdays, we have Dre Versus. That's a new series I'm going to try to be doing every single Wednesday where it's Dre Versus a game. Right now, the game I am currently fighting against is Streets of Rage 4. And we'll, we'll be moving on to other games as well in that Dre Versus series. I'm currently trying to draw a logo so that way I have a nice big uh, placard for the, for the YouTube page because the... The video goes up on YouTube, the video goes up on Instagram, goes up right here on Facebook every Wednesday night. And then Fridays, we have uh, Dre's Retro Game Minute, and hopefully I will expand that to Dre's Retro Game Night at some point, where I will play some of my retro games. I'm making a space out at the office with my old TV and my old systems. I'm going to try to play some games for 10 to 15 minutes. But for now, we have Dre's Retro Game Minute, where, you know, like the previous Retro Game Minutes you've seen, where I talk about a game. For about two minutes, it's not really a minute, but hey, it's a, it's, a, it's a catchy title. It's not, I like calling it the Retro Game Minute. I move over here. It, it's throwing me off. I'm looking at the screen, and it looks like I'm looking away. So, uh, a couple of big things happened in video games last week. It's uh, really insane. Uh, I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll work our way up here. <laughs> so, one of the thing, one of the big things that was announced last week was that uh, Halo Infinite, that's supposed to be the big Halo game, which was supposed to launch. With the brand new Xbox Series X, One X, whatever, it sounds like a car. I, I, I'm not enthusiastic about the new box of X. It's a, It sounds weird, but then they were supposed to have a Halo at launch, much like the original Xbox had, Halo Combat Evolved. They were supposed to launch with a Halo game, but unfortunately the... The, the nice people at 505 Industries are like, yeah, we're not going to make that deadline. Uh, I guess the deadline, which... It's funny because they, they announced the delay first and then Microsoft scrambled like, 
Uh, everyone, we're, we're still coming out with the Xbox Series X. It's just going to come out in November. We're, uh, because a lot of people would have presumed, you know, if Halo is delayed until, let's say, March of next year, then you would think, okay, they'll done, then that means the Xbox uh, Series X is not coming out until March until next year. You know, if I was them, I would just delay the system. But I'm not them. I'm not an executive where everything's tied into corporate bonuses, and I'm sure they have sales goals to hit, and I'm sure there's enough uh, dedicated Xbox fans out there that when they, when they put out whatever they put out this holiday, whether apparently sometime in November, they're going to put out Series X, and with a bunch of games, and as long as it's backwards compatible, everyone's going to still keep playing their old Call of Duty games on it. Because I see that at work. We sell thousands of copies of Call of Duty for the, that, that were meant for the Xbox 360. They're currently playing on the Xbox One, and they're probably going to keep playing it on the Xbox Series X because that, that device will be backwards compatible as much as it can be, which is what people want, apparently. People want to play the older games. And But Microsoft's still coming out with it, but Halo Infinite will not be a launch game, which is... I, it's a devastating blow to them because uh, beyond that, I, I'm sure there's some other minor exclusives that are going to come out for the Xbox, but it's primarily a Halo slash Call of Duty machine. The, the, the great advantage that the Xbox had, well, Xbox 360 had over the PS3 was that the, their online system was a lot better. I remember I, whenever I bought games, I had to choose between buying games for my Xbox 360 and buying games for my PS3. I found it was easier to play with my friends on my Xbox 360 and not on my PS3. If I wanted a single-player game like Batman Arkham Asylum, oh, I bought that for my PS3. Or I L.A. Noir came out. I'm like, all right, I'm buying L.A. Noir for my PS3, not my 360. But if I was playing a multiplayer game like Borderlands, I bought that for my Xbox 360. I bought, uh, I'm trying to think of some of the other multiplayer games. Obviously, we're playing Halo on, well, when you can only play Halo on Xbox 360, but as far as multi-platform, you know, shooting games, multiplayer stuff, I would buy that on my Xbox 360. But if it was a single-player focused game, buy my PS3. I had more 360 games than I had PS3. I had a good amount, but I've been I've been cataloging them all, and uh, I have way more 360 games. A lot more fun stuff I could play online with other people. But that was the the big advantage where Xbox actually overtook PlayStation for a small while, and then for whatever reason, uh, there's a lot better software on PS4 and comparatively to the Xbox uh, Xbox One. And uh, Microsoft, for whatever reason, stumbled backwards. Uh, I, honestly, uh, I think the, the user interface of the Xbox One is not great. The, the, that, that short tour of duty I had with uh, GameStop back in uh, 2016, I, I was messing with Xbox Ones when people would trade them in. Now, like, they were very annoying to use. It was very complicated. I, like, even for an experienced, savvy gamer such as myself, I, I found them to be very clunky and that very... Uh, uncooperative, to say the least. And I, I can only imagine if someone who uh, is not as savvy would, would look at this and be like, oh, I just put the game in. Why won't it play the game? Why can't I play my Madden or my or my Call of Duty? It, it, it seems very um, counterintuitive. Yep, uh, I guess I don't know if it had to be online or, or, or whatever. Ever we, we we try to get the Xbox online. And, just so we could do an update, and then the update take forever. I'm like, all right, screw it. We're, we're, we're going to trade it in, and we're going to assume it works. And if it doesn't work, oh, well, screw GameStop. Ha, ha, ha. So that was one of the big, but I guess it could be argued that the, the bigger piece of video game news that happened last week 
well, there, there's a, there's a battle between uh, Goliaths right now. Uh, my boss, like, I got somebody, it's like, it's like Godzilla versus uh, King Kong, and my boss, like, oh, not, not, not so much. Yeah, we have the, the makers of Fortnite, Epic. They, they have decided to go to war with Apple, and because of uh, a thirty percent cut that Apple takes out of their their game every time someone buys a per makes a purchase. So, so Epic, wanting to keep all of the money or more of the money, they they try to go. Hey, thank you. Hey, got a lead. The, the 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 family's doing well. Baby's getting huge. He's he's gigantic. <laughs> Wife is doing well. We're we're on. I am as well as a crazy person can be in this world. So, the people make Fortnite. Yeah, King Kong would be killed immediately. Yes. Yeah, Godzilla would kill King Kong. Uh, my, my boss, like, it wasn't even King Kong versus a Godzilla. It's like Godzilla versus a smaller Godzilla. Because my boss, like, Apple is like this epic. And I, I was arguing, I think epic is, you know, they're worth billions of dollars. And my boss goes, well, Apple's worth trillions of dollars. Well, like, regardless. Uh, uh, people are taking sides in this, where uh, Epic wants to wanted to tr try directly collect money and circumvent the App Store. They're trying to do this on purpose because I guess they're trying to take down whatever this perceived monopoly that uh, that Apple has on money. Uh, I, I'm I can't take a side in this. This is it's ridiculous. Uh, 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 as soon as the, the 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 Fortnite app was removed from the Apple Store. Or the App Store, Apple App Store. I'm gonna say that five times fast. As soon as it was removed, they immediately had a lawsuit ready to fly, and they had a, a parody of Apple's own commercial. Because uh, Apple had a, uh, had a Super Bowl commercial way back when. This was gonna, it was Apple was fighting against the tyranny of IBM uh, almost 40 years ago, uh, and so. Fortnite, the Epic decided to parody this, where like, oh, instead of the, the the image of like, oh, the oppressor, like this is very much an Orwellian 1984 thing, where uh, where like there's a instead of the, the 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 face representing IBM, they had an Apple head with glasses, and everyone's hypnotized by by this Apple screen, and then a brave Fortnite party goer goes in and throws the axe at the screen, just like in the Apple commercial when an Olympic athlete ran in and and threw a hammer at the screen to break everyone's gaze. Like, oh, free Fortnite. 1980 Fortnite. And no, uh, and then the, this is the line I told my boss before I left, and I wrote it down. You cannot be oppressed if you are also an oppressor. <laughs> uh, Epic is acting like, oh, no, we're all suffering. We're, we're fighting for everyone. No, you're fighting... Uh, to keep an extra 30% of money. Uh, you you want to keep that money. You want all the money. You want to keep it. And you're trying to get around that. And, you know, Apple's no hero in this either. I'm, I'm, charging every single app across the board 30%. Uh, they probably have to, like... There needs to be some sort of compromise where these two monsters are not being both evil. They're both being evil right now. And they, there's no winners here. This entire situation sucks. The only... There are no winners. The only losers are people who want to play the, the dumb game. Uh, they're, yeah, they're fighting over... Yeah, that's not right, James. They're fighting for microtransactions. They're fighting for uh, every, every every 30 cents out of that dollar. Oh, no. Oh, epic. We've only made $17 billion. We we could have been at $26 million billion if, if, if it wasn't for darn Apple taking our money. 
And Apple's like, we provided the... It's funny, like Epic years ago, like, oh, yes, we are happy to pay this 30% because they're, Apple's helping promote our product. We're across all these devices. And suddenly it's like, oh, we don't have enough... This stack of hundreds isn't big enough to fan myself. We need more money. We will fight against them. We will sue them. And, yeah, so Fortnite created their own app within the app or their own tool. Where like, hey, you can buy it on the App Store. You can buy the... The V bucks, the, the the currency within Fortnite, you can buy it directly from us at a discount. We'll give it to you di uh, cheaper if you buy it directly. Can we keep all the money? We'll give you a discount. It's just it's dirty. It's just dirty by everyone. There there's no, there are no winners. It's just losers. Are pe the people people are losing. Going to lose access to Fortnite because. I'm sure, like, they removed it from the App Store. If you still have Fortnite on your iDevice, and apparently by proxy, uh, Google did the same thing. They were, so it's not just Apple. Uh, the Google Play Store removed it because, hey, they uh, in their terms of services, so Epic is deliberately breaking the rules of the App Store in order to bait uh, Apple into this situation. They're trying to, like, prove, like, oh, look, it's antitrust. It's a monopoly. Like, people can play Fortnite on... Their home consoles. They can play them on their on your Epic launcher on their computer. This isn't a monopoly. They're just trying to take more money. They just want to keep more of their money. They're 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 alienating people. So people can still have it on their device, but the second they do an update, oh, season two point whatever's coming, and that update won't go out to the app store, then you won't be able to play Fortnite. Both sides are trying to paint themselves as the good guy, but no, there, there's no good happening here. It, it, it's just terrible, and I don't like it. Yeah, exactly. Apple people, if you're if you're on an iOS device, if you're on an iPhone, an iPad, or an iOS computer, when when the next update, I, I I'm shocked that uh, Epic didn't just do like a a quick bug fix update and just totally piss off their entire Apple user base. Immediately, just like like because they, they're play, they're obviously following some sort of playbook here. of trying to piss off. Yeah, yeah. You see, right? You're glad you went back to RPGs. Saves you. Yeah. I I remember back when I was a young man, and I would I would play lots of RPGs. I don't have to buy a game every six months or every year or so, depending on how much time I was putting into an RPG. Yeah, this whole yeah the the microtransaction world of of all this is insane. And just all this is is exposing the, the greed that is within the, the game industry. These, these rich, the rich want to become richer, and that's what's really fucked up here. We've, we've, I, I feel like I make a lot of these same arguments and analysis each time. It's just again, they're they're trying to circumvent things and, and just directly take money from users from the consumers. They just want, hey, just give us the money directly and just give it to us all the time. Instead of just one $50, $60 transaction every few months, I just want you to give us money every week. Oh, no, you need to buy more V-Bucks. Oh, no, you need to buy more gold in your in your cell phone game. Oh, no, 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 you have, you have to, or I guess uh, the reason why Grand Theft Auto V is, is spanning into a third console generation is people keep buying those uh, shark cards. I mean, if people are, are using... Real money and buying fake money within Grand Theft Auto Online, and and uh, apparently business is big, which is why they're stretching GTA V into another console generation. It came out on PS3 and Xbox 360. It's continued. It continued into PS4 and Xbox One, and then we know for sure it's come out for PS5. I have no doubt it's also going to come out 
Xbox Series. Oh, actually, maybe, or they'll, they'll do a higher definition version. Because you can just stick your old uh, Xbox 360 disc into uh, an Xbox Series X, and then you'll still be able to play Grand Theft Auto V, I'm sure, with no problems whatsoever. And so you can still keep microtransactioning yourself to death. Uh, it, it's horrifying, and that, that, that that's the other big thing that happened last week. And just, uh, I think Epic is trying to expose, oh, they're exposing Apple for all their evil. I think what Epic's just doing is showing how shitty they really are. A lot of people don't like them. They, they, they buy up games and make them exclusive to their Epic launcher, which which makes them no better than Apple. Again, like, like I said earlier, you can't be an oppressor if you're... If you can't be oppressed if you are also an oppressor. They are an oppressor within the gaming realm. Where, oh, if you want to play this game, you have to download the Epic launcher. Yeah, <laughs> uh, right. You got, you got roped into 3D Sniper on your phone. Spent 40 bucks. Yeah, you see, they, 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 they try to find people where, you, where you're vulnerable. Uh, I, I, I have not... I, I've, been, I've been playing Star Wars... Galaxy of Heroes on my phone for uh, whenever uh, uh, Force Awakens came out, I've been playing that game, and I have resisted ever flushing a dime into that game. Uh, uh, if Irv uh, if ever jumps on it, I, I was playing Supercard. I, I never put a one dime in that game. I was motivated. I was like, I felt I was close to putting some money into that game, but I was like, no, 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 ne ne never let that happen. Uh, right now, I'm, I'm currently really addicted to Marvel Strike Force, and there's times I've considered putting real money in that game. Like, no, what am I doing? No, because this this goes against everything I, I, I talk about on the podcast. No, because the, they 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 make the game so you can play, you can have fun, but it's easier if you just give us a little cheddar. So like, I, I just I've amassed the in-game currency slowly over time. Oh. Uh, oh, you're on Marvel Strike Force, James. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll DM you later. I'll send you my my ally code and uh, have you join my alliance, <laughs> or or put you in my my friend. Uh, there's a friend list in Marvel Strike Force. That that game is fun. I, I have a lot of fun with that. I, that's that's actually a phone game I actually enjoy. I, I put in. I've actually I've been spending more time. I've been watching way too many YouTube videos of the of these semi annoying guys talking about the game just so I can make sure I optimize my shit. That way, that the whatever time I spend on these games, because uh, my, my my wife constantly asks me, "Why do you play all these games?" And I'm like, it, 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 "I like collecting." Because in a lot of these games, it, it, like I said, it, it scratches that collecting itch. I'm like, "I like to, I love to collect things." And that game, those games really scratch that itch. I want to collect the points, and oh, I get to play using these characters. And it's it's Marvel Comics, so I get to level have a lot of fun. I, I play the DC one. What level am I? I'm level seventy, whatever. I'm like. Whatever, I'm on Dark Dimension 2, if that gives you any. I have a bunch of Gear 13 characters, so that that that, if that tells you how far I am in the game. I don't know if you're further than me or not, James, but... Oh, you just started mid-February? I've been playing for almost a year. <laughs> I've been playing for two years. <laughs> I think I, I jumped on that game the very early on uh, when it came out, because I was already playing Star Wars. It was very similar to Star Wars Galaxy Heroes, and I was like, oh, this is a Marvel version of that, that uh, collect-a-game. I'm like, all right, cool. I'm on it. Uh, yeah, I think I'm level seventy-five. Uh, I, yeah, I, I'm. I'm. I'm trying to get Black Bolt right now. Uh, it, it's. It's. It's a pain in the ass. I'm. I'm, I'm, I'm. I. I might have. I might have Ultron unlocked by next week. It's just. I have to like constantly keep playing this Dark Dimension Two that I just unlocked. It's. It's a crazy game. It, it's a. It's a crazy insane game.
Oh, hey, James, you dropped to Star Wars Galaxy. Yeah. I, I, I'm spending less and less time. I'm literally only doing the minimum of what I need to do with Star Wars Galaxy Heroes to keep it going. Just because I'm like, all right, I'm, I'll eventually get Jedi Luke Skywalker. I, or, uh, yeah. All these games, it's just they, they, they suck you in. Like, I, so I'm addicted to them. And we're going to talk about addictions right now because something else I did this past weekend. Um, uh, I, I, I finally logged in to my, the, the family Netflix account. I, I'd canceled my Netflix and I, I got the family Netflix account on my phone. And uh, I spent the entire weekend. Finally, we, we talked about it a little bit a while back as it was happening. But The, the Last Dance, uh, the, 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 the documentary about the, uh, the final season uh, of the of, of the Chicago Bulls. I, I I've always been a big basketball fan. Uh, I, not so much now, but but weirdly, I, I feel like especially watching this uh, this documentary, I felt my my enjoyment of basketball has been rekindled. Uh, it was insane, but especially around that era in, in the in the in the mid to late nineties. I was I was I would I consider myself a really big fan. I would I would watch ESPN all the time. I would. Uh, I'd buy uh, all of the Street and Smith's basketball magazine so I could read about all the players. I, I, I remember how I desperately bad I wanted to play fantasy basketball back in the back in those days before I before I knew it was totally and horrible, the worst thing that you could do if you're a basketball fan. But I didn't know. I I hear about uh, fantasy basketball. People would play the hard way. I, I ran a fantasy basketball league in 1997 with me and my friends. We we did it without the internet. It was me, a subscription to the to the uh, Los Angeles Times, and a whole lot of notebooks. And I did all the I did all the stats because I was insane. I, I I totally failed an anthropology class at Pasadena City College because I was more obsessed with tracking all the stats for our ten man fantasy basketball because I that's how bad I wanted to play it. So like again, this I'm just trying to preface here how big of a basketball fan I was, and watching this documentary. I realized I did not pay attention to certain things well enough. I didn't. I guess I didn't watch ESPN enough to realize all the craziness that was around all of those Chicago Bulls teams. I mean, I, I'm sure there's some stuff that that was barely revealed in this documentary. But then they keep showing clips from ESPN and uh, of that era. I'm like, how did I miss this stuff? I I, I, I loved basketball so I was so obsessed in high school the, the, the teachers would take my basketball magazines away I, 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 I subscribed to freaking uh, what was it the stupid uh, slam magazine I guess at that point I, I was getting, but at least for those those early 90s bulls I didn't know a lot of that drama I, I didn't read the Jordan rules which they, they talked about because uh, you know there was the Jordan rules what the, the, the Detroit Pistons what they would do to Michael Jordan, they were how they would physically assault him, basically. The, there was no real internet or TMZ back then, yeah. But it, it, I, 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 clearly, some writers were covering this. I just, I, I didn't, well, I guess, you know, I was in L.A., so I didn't have the Chicago newspapers to hear all the stories. I, they weren't talking about that kind of stuff here in the L.A. Times. They were just talking about the Lakers here, whatever I read in the Los Angeles Times when I was a young man. But watching this documentary, I, I haven't finished it. I'm, I think I've got seven episodes. I was desperately trying to finish any free moment I had this past weekend, whether I was washing dishes or 
putting the baby to sleep or or just any time I had my phone right there and I was like watching this this documentary and it's just if you hadn't had a chance because before it was only on it was on ESPN I I don't have cable here and or you had to subscribe to ESPN plus which I'm like we have too many streaming services already but thankfully I guess in within the last it was a couple week or two ago or within the last month they they added for they added the last dance to Netflix Netflix got the streaming rights to it and now I've been I've been consuming it and good god I mean because everyone talked about it. when we was when it was coming when it was coming on I I know we did updates uh, one of, one of our viewers uh, uh Ryan Diaz would, would message me what would happen in the episodes like so like he he would kind of briefly talk about some of the funny stuff like like the episode I watched this morning where they were showing how one of the younger Bulls players in the in the second three B team uh, Scott Burrell was constantly like verbally berated by Jordan Jordan was trying to like he was motivating him, but he was like, but Jordan was an asshole about it. He was just constantly just trying to get him to fight him. He was he was shitting on him verbally. He was treating him horribly. He embarrass him in front of the other players. But that was Michael Jordan's weird way of motivating people. And so like the the documentary, it, it, it's amazing. In fact, uh, you know, like so, the first five, uh, the first four episodes, they, they, they each of them seem very um, more topical. The first episode. All about Michael Jordan, how how he grew up, and his evolution. The second episode covered Scottie Pippen, showed him. Yeah, that was honestly, I think the the Pippen episode was incredibly fascinating. Because what all all I knew about Scottie Pippen was like he was always you know Michael's sidekick. He was a really good player in his own right, but he was always his sidekick. And then all oh, that uh, the only uh, big thing I knew about Scottie Pippen he he did not tip well. He was no tipping Pippen. I remember some some of my, my 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 basketball friends from in high school. That that's what it, they'd always refer to him because he was he was a very poor tipper. But I guess that would be, it would be because he spent his entire Chicago Bulls career as like the sixth or seventh worst player paid player on the team, even though he was like the second best player in the team, and in some respects the second best player in the league. But he he was being paid. Um, I mean, he was paid a lot of money. Don't get me wrong, he, he was well off, but he was not paid like some of the other players. Like, there was probably guys sitting on the bench making more than him. Uh, in, in commensurate to his guy, he signed a bad yeah, seven Yeah, that's right. Seven years, $18 million, which at the time, in, what, 1990, it probably seemed like a good idea. But uh, I'm sure to Jerry Reinsdorf, it, it was funny because even the, the owner, he said, this is a bad deal, you shouldn't sign it, but... He signed it, nevertheless. He was making less. Yeah, right there. See, it was less than three million a year for for a play where, where other players were commanding like ten, twelve million dollars a year. <laughs> Even Jordan himself was on a bad contract as well. And uh, but the other thing that really struck me the most was like I mean, he spent a lot of his money on his family. I didn't realize that his father had a stroke and was wheelchair bound the rest of his life. One of his brothers, one of his eleven brothers and sisters, uh, had a wrestling accident and was paralyzed from the waist down, and and ha- and he was uh, in a wheelchair, and he lived in a home with multiple disabled people, and he just was constantly fighting to to to, to do better. He, he wanted to make the NBA, but he was he was too short at, at first when he was in college, and then he had his growth spurt in college. Obviously, the stuff is maybe painting him in a very positive light, but it was still fascinating nonetheless. All the stuff I, I stuff that I didn't know stuff you know, I didn't reason obviously these players existed before, like like as as James said or earlier on a face on Facebook live here there's no internet or TMZ back then 
and if if you don't know the premise of this uh, the documentary is like, and the ninety seven ninety eight season. Uh, the, they had a camera crew follow, or maybe it was 96, 97, I'm trying to remember exactly. Whatever the final year of the Bulls was, uh, the, there was a camera crew following them around. I guess they, they had allowed, following Michael Jordan around specifically, I guess, but they were just following the Bulls around, and you get to see who he was, and I guess clearly it took what, 50, 20 years to put all this footage together <laughs> and then gather interviews and, and, and talk to all the uh, 98 Bulls. Thank you. Yeah, so it was the 97-98. That, that was the final year of the quote-unquote dynasty. Thank you, Warren. And uh, it, they allowed this crazy access. Like, that. there was uh, one scene in an episode I watched this morning where uh, you just see uh, Scotty and, and Ron Harper and Michael Jordan. They're just sitting in the training room. They're all dressed up. At, they're dressed up in their, in their suits, and it's after the game. They're all drinking beers. It's funny. I love the the, the choice of uh, what whoever the director or who editors like they they showed that uh, that footage just in black and white. <laughs> I feel like this is stuff that we shouldn't be seeing. I think I think that's a frequent tool that they use throughout the documentary, where like if if it's a piece of footage, like you know what, you really shouldn't be seeing this. They would turn it to black and white. I I I don't. I that that would be my assumption as to why. Uh, it, they would show it that way. It's like so they're all sitting back there drinking beers, or drinking Miller Lights, and, and then Scotty's like, "Get that camera out of here! Wait, this can't be showing us drinking beers after a game." And then Jordan goes, "Fuck that!" It's like you hear ten years ago, uh, some of the players would be drinking in the middle of the game at halftime, would be smoking cigarettes, and he yells out, "So I say, hey, anybody got any cigarettes?" And then like. It was just that it was so crazy to see, you know, how human these guys are. Because yeah, the one whole episode dealt with, you know, how Jordan was this larger in life. Right? The '92 Olympics made him into a global icon, and then after that, everyone, like, I didn't realize how much people were trying to bring him down. Like, I, I, as a Laker fan, I, I, I was no fan of uh, of Michael Jordan uh, in my youth. I, again, like you, know, the, you have the winners, and you always want to see the winners. So now, once a team or an individual is so successful, you want to see them fail. That's like that's like the crux of my of my hate for the New England Patriots. But uh, the, the Chicago Bulls of, of that era, of that decade, of the '90s. That's that's what I guess at the end of the sure at the end of both three repeats because that's the other fascinating thing that this documentary does. It keeps bouncing back and forth between eras. Like once if because. See, I keep cutting myself off because there's so much going on in this documentary. I, like I said, I haven't even finished it. I'm only on the seventh or eighth episode out of ten. Like I said, the first four, like I said, Jordan, Pippen, Rodman. That was another crazy episode. And then uh, one all about Phil Jackson. You learn how much uh, Native American influence and uh, Zen Buddhism. Because we always knew that, you know, he's, he's very odd man. Like, showing that his playing career, showing that him coaching in Europe. Yes, I also agree there. John, fuck Tom Brady. You, you see the, the, this fascinating, like you know, look behind a lot of these. Like you get to see stuff you, you had, had not seen. You, you've heard certain things about these players. You get to see some of the crazy shit. Like like in the Rodman episode, they show him partying in Vegas. Uh, and the the, the, <laughs> the 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 funniest part is at the end of the Rodman episode. It leads into the Phil Jackson episode. All right, they let Rodman go have forty eight hours in Las Vegas to go blow off some steam because yeah yeah he. 
yeah, another fascinating like he, he he needed to find different motivations I guess I, I don't know if he just needed to fuck up and to have to have something to make up for like he, he, or if he felt if he had to go to Vegas and just break all the rules and like oh he promised he'd be back in 40 hours and, and Jordan's like he's not coming back and uh I don't know if you had to break the rules to feel bad and come back and play hard to make up for fucking up. I don't know if that was like his motivation. Uh, in that same Rodman episode, they show like because Scotty was sitting out the beginning of the of that ninety seven ninety eight season with an injury, and uh, the Bulls were struggling, and Jordan had a lot of fire in Robin's ass, and Robin thought, okay, cool, I'll I'm gonna play harder because I'm helping you, Michael. And then as soon as Pippen comes back, that's where. Robin's like, oh, I guess I'm useless now. I gotta go fuck up and go do. I gotta go be me, and just that mentality because they, they show him when he was younger how like he, everyone just assumes he's like this crazy person, but he's crazy in a, in a very interesting way. Like he, they show him how he's just sitting there watching tape and studying all all, all the other players, and that's why he made him such a great defensive player. And how he talked about how uh, the way the ball is shot, and he he understands like. The way a certain player shoots, he'll know he knows the trajectory of the rebound depending on how they're shooting, and just the the, the, the in depth knowledge like a this beautiful like this weird beautiful mind of, of Dennis Rodman, but he, he I guess he he only thrived under negative uh, reinforcement. It's, it's insane to, to to delve into the psyche, and I mean, you you see a modern day interview with him, he's like owning up to it, and it's. Wow, like I said, I, I've been, I've been obsessed with this uh, this documentary. Right? Uh, and, and, yeah, so the first four episodes, and then it leads into the dream team. You know, they keep going back and forth, where they build him up, and he gets built up as this icon, and gets torn down. Uh, this uh, sports writer, Sam Smith, writes this book called The Jordan Rules, where it is a, a, I guess a lot of players anonymously, anonymously talked about how old. He was just like this tyrant. He's a crazy man. And then you get to see, yeah, he, he's, he's, I, I kept telling my wife, like, I, I think Michael Jordan's a bit of a sociopath. <laughs> I mean, not, not in like the kind of like, not, not like in a serial killer, but, uh, the key, his, his brain is not the same as normal people. <laughs> I mean, that, that, obviously that, that driving force, like he is so competitive. He, he, that, that's what drives him to be the best. He, he can't stand losing and that's where like, it feeds into the gambling because I, I, I was telling my wife earlier on I was watching the, the early episodes I was like oh, I wonder if they're going to talk about the gambling thing how like oh the, the, the secret suspension like oh like Michael Jordan didn't really retire he was secretly suspended by David Stern because he was involved in all these uh, illegal stuff involving this other uh, gambling rings or he, was, he was racking up tens of thousands of dollars of debt to, to, to these bookies and to, and, and then uh, there was an episode episode 6 or episode 7 where they, they, t- they talk about it like there's like the fall of Jordan and they keep bouncing back and forth and they go back to 1993 and they talk about a lot of that and they show oh, he, 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 had, he gave this notorious uh, gambler bookie he had to cut him a check of $57,000 and when he was initially pressed about it oh no that, that, that was a loan but then this guy gets brought up on the charges uh, and uh, Michael Jordan has to go in and testify, and so he has to say, "Oh no, I, I, I said it was a loan, but I, I owe him fifty-seven thousand dollars for gambling debts." It's like, whoa! It's like, cause he's always been notorious for—he's so competitive. 
And one of the NBA writers, uh, David Aldridge, he puts it really into context. Is like, like yeah, he has yeah, he he likes to gamble, but ten thousand dollars to him, it would be like ten dollars to us. Like okay, like when I was younger, when I was in high school, I gamble. Okay, we play cards. We bet on we bet on sporting events in high school. But yeah, we're putting five ten bucks down. Like I could survive. Okay, I, I don't eat lunch one day if I if I lose this bet. But if I win this bet, cool. I'm, I'm gonna go buy some stupid shit for lunch. But like, but to him, like ten k, like he can drop ten k, and he won't even notice it. And, and I guess that's the topic. Like, you know, you have to understand. Uh, that's what he said. Like, he's good for it. If he loses ten g's, he's good for it. But it, it, it honestly, it isn't even about how much money he has. Because there's another fascinating story where like, they're talking about how the, the bulls would be on the team plane, and so the, the back of the plane. You have uh, the players who are playing with, for big money. You have Jordan and Pitt, uh, well, I don't know if Pitt, but some of the other players, like Ron Harper, so they'd be in the back of the plane, and they're playing for big money. They're playing hands, like $1,000 hands. But then some of the other players were in the front of the plane, and they're just playing blackjack for like a dollar. They're just doing it to pass the time, because NBA players, they play for, what, two hours, but the, the other... All the other time around, they're just either practicing or killing time or hiding or heaven knows what. And so they're just, they're just killing time on the team playing, flying. And then Michael Jordan comes over and wants to play with them. And I think it was John Paxson who says, why do you want to play with us, Michael? We're only playing for a dollar. And then Michael goes, I want your money in my wallet. He wants to win so much. He doesn't care that, like, oh, the, the dollar... It means nothing to him, but he just wants it. He wants to win. There's another sequence. They, they show him he's playing quarters with uh, with the security guards from the United Center, and they're they're playing like twenty bucks, and like oh, they're like they're playing quarters, bouncing the quarter off the wall, and you see he loses twenty dollars, but like he doesn't care that he lost the twenty. He's mad that he lost. He's enraged. They lost his twenty dollars. Twenty dollar bill the security guard you see he is like he is angry about it you you feel the energy from him now i was talking about this with my boss and my boss was like yeah yeah he's a bad person I mean, he's not uh, that's something he's not a bad person he's not going actively out and harming people but he's not a good person either he, he's he, he's got some demons <laughs> in his soul but he thankfully for him he is successful enough that he can work through these Demons financially. It's the <laughs> and Jai with a, a quote from, uh, from Friday. It's the principle of things, smoking. <laughs> they were. It, yeah. It, again, it was. He's a dick. Yeah. Yeah. He, he's he's not a monster. But he's a dick. He's a jerk. And then they they they, they, they kind of hammer that home where it's like, no, he's human. Like the, the he like the stuff that was coming out about him in '93. We're like, oh, we've built him up to be this deity. In 92, at the Olympics, he's the big star. He's like, everyone like, loves Michael Jordan. Uh, and then in 93, year after, it's like all of a sudden, oh, he's a gambler. Oh, they, they lost a playoff game because he went to Atlantic City to gamble all night. It's it just, it, it's it's insane. Uh, and, and to him, it's like, it's nothing. You know, we didn't stay out all night. Went for a few hours, came back. Got my mind off of basketball. <laughs> it's just, yeah, he's, yeah, to put it simply, yes, he, he's a dick. You see his reactions to a lot of things. Like, that, that just triggered another thought. 
Yeah, I'm just I'm free flowing this all from the from the memory. The the dream team like uh, he and Isaiah Thomas don't like each other. Well, frankly, a lot of players did not like Isaiah Thomas. Okay. I'm sure it's no secret the Lakers, uh, Mike, Magic Johnson did not like. They they played their friends, but I I think in 1992 they did not like each other. Larry Bird, Celtics did not like the Pistons because the Pistons were assholes. They they made a big point to make sure everybody knew that the, the Pistons of the of the late 80s early 90s were the bad boys. The, the, the violent basketball that was played. Uh, if the, the the kids who are fans of basketball today go back and watch some of that stuff, it's it's literally uh, there were literally fights happening in the game, and they would just call a foul. <laughs> like, alright, that guy just punched the other guy in the face. That happens today. It's like a multiple game suspension. It's a giant controversy. Like, oh my god, he hit him! He hit him! I mean, the only time anyone, anyone got really suspended back in the day was when uh, Kermit Washington broke freaking Rudy Tomjanovich's face. <laughs> like, he literally broke his face. and like, alright, we're going to have to suspend you for like 20 games, because that was really bad. <laughs> but if there's just a little fist of cuffs Nobody gets hurt. Okay, we're just gonna call foul and we'll move on. <laughs> it took a it took great bodily harm <laughs> back then. Uh, if you go Google a clip of a uh, Kurt Rambis being fouled by the by the Celtics, that gives you a good idea of what '80s and '70s basketball is like. It, it, it was just physical harm. <laughs> People hitting the shit of each other, and then you, you see how like Michael Jordan had to adapt to that in that era. And it, it's it, but original point. I went off on a tangent there. Check the clock here. I need to shut this off so the family can come home. Uh, they, they, he hated Isaiah Thomas, and it was inferred that he and maybe some of the other players kept Isaiah, Isaiah Thomas off that dream team. I don't know who would have come off. I don't know if they, maybe they had a lot of forwards. They only had one point guard, Magic Johnson. <laughs> like, Isaiah Thomas was one of the best point guards in the NBA. He helped get that bad boys team to two NBA titles. Uh, but he, he felt that he had, a, they, they go to modern day Isaiah. He's like, I have the credentials. He, he was on dream team two, not as good. <laughs> the, 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 the FIBA world championship team. <laughs> and then, uh, then now there's, there's dream team one, dream team two, which wasn't a good dream team three, which took some of the best players from dream team two and, and moved them up. They moved, Shaq and Jason Kidd up into the Dream Team status for that uh, 96 Olympics, and after that, I don't know if we could call them Dream Teams anymore, especially the, that one team that totally blew it in the Sydney games. But yeah, this, this whole documentary, if you haven't watched it already, John Stockton, thank you. That's who, I was trying to remember, like, who is the other point guard? I'm like, John, I forgot Stockton and Malone were a part of the Dream Team. Yeah, Stockton would not have made the team if they were to get a different point guard. I couldn't remember who the other point guard was. Thank you, Warren. I'm glad your memory is much better than mine. My, my, my brain is taking too many concussions and I'm starting to lose information here without researching it. Yeah. Christian Lehner should have been on that team. <laughs> but, yeah, if you haven't seen this documentary, I, I highly recommend it. I, I know this was like, it's old news. People were watching it during the early parts of the pandemic. Or even before the pandemic, I forget when the, the original airing of this was on ESPN. But now, if, you know, your your average Netflix user can have access to it. The 014 lost the gold. Okay, thank you. It was in 2000. It was 04. See, like I said, I, I used to be a steel trap for facts. Not anymore. CTE. Stockton claimed every Olympic game ball. Ha! Huh, how funny. He took them all home. 
<laughs> Crazy ass Stockton, the pasty gangster. I, I call Stockton the pasty gangster because one of my favorite radio shows. We're always talking about like the man was the, the, the like very unassuming man putting elbows and knees into every player. You go back and watch Stockton play. A sharp elbow going into everybody. He was like breaking ribs and giving out Charlie horses with his old white man elbows and knees into everybody. He, he was the old man at the gym, but in the NBA. That's how he lasted as long as he did playing basketball. Played like an old man going all the way back to the early part of his career. See, that's, that, that's, that's, the, that's the, some of the weird shit, shit I remember. The file cabinets up here, some of them are complete, some of them are not complete. I go open the drawer, information, whatever reason I had that information about John Stockton. Olympic gold? Yeah. I was like, oh, that drawer's empty. <laughs> but I see it's 9 o'clock already. It's 9.05. Let's wrap this up. Again, yeah, highest possible recommendation. I, I, I'm, I'm going to try to squeeze in uh, the other two and a half episodes I still have left. And maybe, maybe I'll do a, a post-mortem of, of that next week on the show here. But thank you guys for, for watching and commenting. Thank you, Ryan. Thank you, Warren. Thank you, Jai. Uh, who, who, uh, James. Uh, and, and make sure I got every, uh, everybody who was commenting. I, I believe Sanchez, everybody who's commenting on the show, hitting like. Thank you for, for watching. Be sure to share. Be sure to like. Be sure to do all that stuff. Remember, follow us on social media, at DreGPPodcast. That works on Instagram. That works on Twitter. Remember, find us on YouTube. Dre's Geek Philosophy Podcast. There's a lot of videos going up there as well. I'm putting up the classic episodes of the podcast, a lot of old stuff. Uh, the old episodes of the Multiverse Comic Show are going up on the YouTube page, and of course, brand new videos. I'm trying to put two to three new videos a week up on the YouTube as well. Be sure to check that out. Subscribe on there as well. Uh, we have 24 subscribers. We're only uh, uh, 9,900 and 76 away from monetizing our YouTube channel. <laughs> Slowly but surely. <laughs> you make sure you check us out there as well. And of course, keep checking us out here on Facebook as well. Uh, we'll see you guys next week. Have yourself, take care of yourselves. We'll be back. Uh, we'll have a, a new Dre versus, probably another another bout of me versus uh, Streets of Rage 4. Up, we'll show up on Wednesday. Uh, I don't know what video I might throw up. Well, we'll see what video I throw up tomorrow on the YouTube. I'm trying to throw up a video every day. We'll see what happens. Catch you guys next time. Thank you for watching. And if our, our audio listeners, if you got this far, then I'm shocked. Thank you for listening.